Hello, this is Bobby Newman. I'd like to welcome you to this week's Research Minutes, the CIPRI Knowledge Hub's weekly podcast where we interview researchers about the latest work being done in the field to help improve education. This week, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Christopher Redding, Assistant Professor of Educational Leadership at the University of Florida, about his recent study, Easy In, Easy Out, Are Alternatively Certified Teachers Turning Over at Increased Rates? This was published in the American Educational Research Journal. Christopher, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. My first question is, how has the proportion of beginning teachers entering the field through alternative certification programs changed? And really, we see um, beginning um, from when we have data, at least, that I looked at beginning in the 1999 uh, to 2000 school year up until the 2011-2012 school year, really saw a huge increase in uh, the number of alternatively certified teachers in their first five years in the profession. So to be more specific, in the 2000 school year, this is around 13% alternatively certified teachers increased up to 24% by the 2012 school year. So a real uh, large increase. And one of the notable things throughout this period wasn't so much a decrease in teachers entering into teaching through traditional certification programs. It was consistently around 75, 76, 77 percent, but really a decline in the number of teachers who were uncertified. Uh, So again, starting in the 2000 school year, there was about 14 percent of new teachers were uncertified, and this dropped to around 1 percent by the 2012 school year. And can you attribute that to any specific policy? What we talk most about in the paper, and um, our methodology doesn't allow us to definitively say whether it is, but uh, we uh, really think it's related to the highly qualified teacher clause and No Child Left Behind, uh, which mandated that um, new teachers really were sort of more prepared than maybe the large group was before. How have the background characteristics of alternatively certified teachers and the characteristics of their schools changed? When Altcert was proposed as sort of a new way to train teachers, there were a number of benefits that were argued with which Altcert really could provide the teacher labor pool. So this raised from things like more diverse teachers, so say more more male teachers, more racial and ethnic minorities. This could bring in teachers from other professions, which may have unique skills that just weren't coming in through traditional university-based education programs. Also sort of an argument around Altcert could increase the quality of new teachers. We looked at this in terms of college selectivity. And then the last one was that Altcert could help fill in-demand positions. This tended to be STEM positions or those related to special education. So in the paper, we looked at all of these different uh, teacher characteristics. And in some cases, we didn't see a lot of change over time in regards to the um, characteristics of teachers, but did see pretty large uh, differences between early career, alternately certified and traditionally certified teachers. So for instance, uh, it was around 10%, Altser teachers around 10% more likely to be male, around 7% more likely to be racial and ethnic minorities, uh, 15% more likely to come from a job that's outside of the field of education for uh, the year before they started teaching. And then lastly, we did also find differences in terms of being from um, in-demand subjects. This is, again, about Altser teachers were about 10% more likely. To be going into a teaching position where it was in demand. That's right, yeah. What kind of supports did they receive during their early years of teaching, and how did they change over time? compared, you know, mm-hmm. looking at the alternatively certified teachers and the traditionally certified teachers. And this was one, I think, piece that did surprise Tom Smith, my co-author, and I around uh, what we did see around the supports that alternatively certified teachers did receive, given that Altser teachers tend to, or at least we expected them to see, receive more of their supports during their 
first year, first maybe two years within teaching, we expected to see evidence of more likely to be assigned to a mentor, uh, more likely to have uh, more induction supports. These would think, be things like special seminars for new teachers or regular support from principal or maybe common planning time with other teachers. We really didn't see any difference that alternatively certified teachers were more likely to receive these, these supports. And that was sort of given what we brought into the study, that was one thing we did expect to see. Then I think in addition just to like those specific supports, once they enter the classroom, we did find really strong evidence of just the types of sort of pre-service training that these teachers brought in as well. Much more likely to not have any experience student teaching prior to entering the profession. So this is about 40% of alternately certified teachers didn't have any student teaching compared to only 3% of traditionally certified teachers. And then all, though a little bit less, it was around a quarter of alternately certified teachers didn't have any uh, coursework in teaching methods either. Can you talk to me a little bit about the turnover gap between the alternatively certified teachers and the traditionally certified teachers in the early years of their teaching? So overall, at least just descriptively, it's around a 10 percentage point difference between alternately certified and uh, traditionally certified teachers. And this is as far as sort of research on uh, teacher turnover, I think it's a fairly sizable gap. I think the one thing we are concerned about in terms of looking at alternately certified teachers, they are much more likely to teach schools that tend to have more difficult working conditions, more high-need students. So when we do try to um, actually estimate, see whether the differences are attributable toward the teachers, sort of the teachers themselves or sort of programmatic differences or the schools in which they work, it isn't always straightforward. So in this study, when we do add a rich set of control variables in our regression analysis, controlling for things like other teacher background characteristics, the characteristics of the schools in which they work, uh, we still find a fairly large turnover gap. And what we found that this wasn't consistent throughout this period, but it does gradually increase into then the 2007-2008 school year when we really see the you know, the largest uh, difference between these two groups of teachers. I know you mentioned that the alternatively certified teachers didn't receive very different supports than traditionally certified teachers, but in the cases where they did, if they participated in an induction program or a mentoring program or other supports, what was the likelihood that it would reduce the turnover for the alternative certified teachers? I think that's an interesting question to think about. Again, just sort of more broadly thinking around this from a sort of conceptual level, we thought if alt-cert teachers came in without the same experience from their education school, maybe sort of in some cases sort of preconceived notions about how their job would go, they might actually be more responsive to some of these induction supports. And while we did um, overall found a relationship that receiving induction supports could be beneficial in reducing turnover, uh, we didn't find any evidence of a differential effect in regards to alternatively certified teachers. So they were no more likely to benefit than uh, traditionally certified teachers in terms of receiving these supports. So what implications for policy does your study have going forward? I think one that didn't discuss in the paper, just given just when the analysis was conducted, moving into the future, it's just thinking of how we do design certain types of programs. Obviously, it's really important how we structure which teachers enter the profession, both the, the quality, the credentials that they do bring in but then also the types of schools in which do expect those teachers to, to work in. One thing I hadn't mentioned in as much detail is around the schools that they work in with alternately certified teachers more likely to work in high-need schools. I think it's this question of whether setting up teachers without as many supports when they do enter the classroom, working in schools with higher numbers of underserved students, it really is does have sort of broader equity implications for how we design these programs if this is where a quarter of uh, new teachers 
are beginning their profession. So then if it's a quarter of all new teachers are beginning working as alternatively certified teachers and then a large share close to around, yeah, a large share working in, in high need schools as well. Well, Christopher, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me. It was a pleasure to learn more about your study. It was great to talk to you too, Bobby. Uh, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to sharing about this work. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Research Minutes. To share your thoughts on this discussion, head to KHUB Conversations at cprehub.org. To subscribe to our weekly podcast and listen to more interviews, head to soundcloud.com forward slash CPRI Knowledge Hub. And for the latest videos, podcasts, and discussion updates, follow us at CPRI Hub on Twitter and CPRI Knowledge Hub on Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you.